right. Hello, hello, hello. This is episode number one of, uh, I don't even know what to call this, but this is the podcast in making. My name is Matthew Uma and am hey, I? I'm, I'm yeah. Sayuj and, and a friend of Matthew. All right, let's go. So we both go to the U studying different things, obviously science majors or you're going to know obvious why they're probably the title of this, whatever we title it. But yeah, we're like wondering, what can we make a podcast about that has justice, truth, and I don't know, some other big word that means something strong. And we haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to talk about science for this first episode. Yep, yep. We will just ramble around and see where we land. And correction, he's, he did say ramble, but what we mean is have an informed discussion about <laughs> one of the world's most pressing topics right now, like mm-hmm. biotechnology, startups, or synthetic, bio- synthetic biology. Yeah, right. we'll, yeah, we'll just uh, talk about it and we'll give some background and take our thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, first thing we could start off by talking about uh, what's biology and how things work. So, well, the one thing I've been on, oh my God, my, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast about dogs also sponsoring <laughs> any dog companies. Yeah, it's Chewy.com. Here it is. Chewy.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's actually a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, we can talk, like, since we both are interested in the synthetic biology and biotechnology, everything starts from the DNA, and DNA is the one that stores all the information. So, you know, DNA, well, if anyone listening doesn't have a background in science, DNA is a molecule that's made up of what, four nucleotides and it carries information. And in one human cell, there's about 3 billion nucleotides. And that's, that's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Too big. And, and people are actually now working on storing information in DNA. So that could be a good thing in the future you know it's it's going to take up so much of the physical space and <laughs> but the one challenge would be to sequence it but in order to store information in dna you need to you need to be able to sequence it if you know if you want to read it you got to sequence it but the thing is the technology right now is not as great to sequence it it might cost thousand dollars to sequence like once and you got to sequence it hundred times so that you get good data. So it's not exactly. Yeah. You can't just sequence it once and be like, Oh, I think that's it. Cause that first sequence <laughs> might not be as correct. You might think that C is a G and a G might be an A who knows. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, DNA is a pretty big thing, but from one of our classes, I think I took molecular biology. They're actually, probably life before dna started as rna so it's crazy today dna makes rna you know 
But to think that RNA came before DNA and then it like created basically what would make it, it's kind of mm-hmm. fascinating, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I don't know, what came first, the bird or the egg? It's kind of like the bird came first, made that first egg, then it was like, we're starting this <laughs> over. Yep, yep, yeah. I think RNA is pretty cool. Like, it's still a hypothesis that people think RNA came first, but, you know, it's, we don't know, we'll never know. You know? Unless we get a time machine. True, true. We'll see. But RNA, well, here we are in COVID today and we make mRNA vaccine. So RNA exactly. are pretty, like, you know, they could do anything. They could be an enzyme. They could be... Mm. Catalyze reactions. Yeah. Speaking of reactions, probably some people who are wondering, what is a reaction? How about this? Water and, I don't know, sulfuric acid. Well, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, that's a reaction. You ever see uh, how the Joker uh, came to be? He dropped himself into, like, this nasty, acidic thing or whatever. That was a reaction with, like, the cells in his body. But interesting fact, DNA it's said that it's inside of your cell that if stretch out from the beginning to the end will be like pretty long. I, I don't know the actual <laughs> how long, <laughs> but it's pretty long. It's pretty long. Let's do the calculation right here. So one nucleotide is like 3.4 nanometers. Okay. And we have like 3 billion. So 3.4 times 3 billion. Let's see, it's gonna be the nanometer is an E negative nine, right? Meter, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm just trying to count out, okay, one, two, three, counting the number of zeros I put in, in my calculator. All right, all right, so now I have 1.0 to 10 to the power 10 nanometers. Let's convert that to meters. What's uh like thousand nanometers make one millimeter. No, <laughs> you know what? Hold on, let me see. So E negative nine, right? That's like nine zeros or something like that, right? That's like zero 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 zero. Yeah. That's like one one million. One million nanometers make one meter. Yeah. So wait, I have like. I think I, I think I got this. It's one millimeter, and then it's actually hundred meters in length, just in okay. one cell. Hopefully, you guys all know how small a cell is, or have some sort of imagination about it. DNA, not all parts of your cell, just your DNA inside of it, is that long. That's crazy. That's crazy. 100 right. meters. Yeah, it's like a 100 meter race. You can just have a start to end. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah. Sayud, tell me. Tell me about those biotechnology uh, startups, probably. Well, what, did, what was your research? What was your background? <laughs> Hard research you took hours searching up for so this podcast could be well informed. <laughs> well, to be honest, 
I didn't really do a lot of research. I'm going to just do what I know. Okay, <laughs> I did okay. read some uh, articles, but not for probably for like 10 minutes. So, well, you heard what he said. He is the research, guys. He is the research. He knows it all. Uh, <laughs> anyways, go on. Well, the thing is, I, I, I do a lot of bis- business major stuff. So, I'm not really into science now. Well, I'm into science, but I don't do a lot of science, but I love Whoa, science. disclaimer. <laughs> I, I apologize for what I said in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I still do science. So it's not like I hate it or anything. I love it. So, yeah. So, so well, even though I'm in this major, well, not this major, this things, uh, I take a look at a lot of uh, biotechnology startups, synthetic biology startups. And one thing we could like, you know, look at would be, we could talk about what this company called Recombinetics. This is based out of uh, St. Paul here in Minnesota. What's that? Recombinetics. Yeah. Oh, I just said, oh, snap. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> just for our global audience, we are centered here in uh, Woodbury of Minnesota. Yeah, Woodbury, Minnesota. <laughs> For all USA. The people. <laughs> yes, USA. In case you don't know what a Minnesota is, it's yeah. not a Minnesota. All right. Yeah. So what this company does is, uh, they they got started in 2010 or something around there. Initially, they modified cows so that they don't have horns. You know, like cow horns cause a lot of damage to the owners in breeders so what they thought is you know they could remove the horns by g- genome engineering the cows and they did that and they, they made a harmless cow with genome engineering and it worked out well and i think they have pilots going on in africa maybe in south america somewhere there but it's here genome engineering works and mm-hmm. next thing they're working on is uh editing pigs so that you could transplant organs to humans you know we don't need to wait for organ transplant they had the first heart uh transplant from my actual pig mm-hmm. to a human it was crazy i think it was two three weeks ago and yeah. he's, he's still alive and it was a complete good s- procedure but yeah yeah yeah, like future looks great. Maybe in 10 years, this company might be able to do it in a more okay. large scale. Yeah. It'd be fun. So tell me, tell me, let's think about this. <laughs> you edited a cow's genome to get rid of its horns, right? It's not making the, the proteins needed and stuff like that to grow these horns out of its head. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, our genome, just our genome, a fly's genome is so complicated still. You take out that little part of the gene or probably genes or whatever, that's probably going to have other effects. Like, could mm-hmm. you, do you have any idea what effects that could have on the cow? Yeah. I, um, so I think how they knocked out the, the horns in the cow was like, you know, knocking out the gene like you know knocking out in the gene means they might not remove the gene but just just make silence it yeah silence it kind of yeah okay okay yeah so they did that but the thing is they use crispr 
Mm-hmm. Okay, if you guys are not aware of that, it's a new genome editing tool which can help you edit any genome. But it's not a not as easy as it sounds, but it's still got a lot of work and it's better than than the past technologies. So this thing, this CRISPR, can like you know still lead to like other unwanted edits on the genome. Because like it could like edit some other gene that could be involved in like you know milk production and completely affect the milk production or you know even the health of the cow. So we don't know until we have like a lot of data. There's a it takes a lot of time because you know it's still new. Only if we have more cows. <laughs> more cows. <laughs> Move. No more poor cows. Man. Yeah. Hey, we need. I need a. We need to be a Harriet Tubman for the cows. But, (laughs) (laughs) anyways. So those cows. What I was speaking on earlier, you know, like splicing, right? Where there's one specific gene, but a part of it is used, right? Mm -hmm. And if you silence a gene or even a part of it, like we know that even one gene can be used for like fifty other purposes, probably more, Mm -hmm. and probably something little, whatever. But just last thing before we go off to like the next topic, do you think any, what do you think could be connected to that gene that they silence? That's not happening in a cow anymore with no horns. Hmm. Um, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I, maybe I need some time to think about it. Which is gonna be more than an hour. Okay. If you want to sit, be, want to sit here and think. I'll be down. <laughs> All right, you heard that. Uh, All right, yeah. If we get like a a lot of views, like <laughs> probably a sponsorship by, I don't know, Science Direct or Nike. I, I don't know. Probably the NIH. Yes. NIH. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, an hour long uh, podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Matthew. Now it's your turn. Let's hear what you research and what you found out. Okay, so we all know about nanoparticles, right? Or hopefully, we literally were just measuring. We know nucleotides are like I don't know. You said three point something nanometers. Uh, yeah. nanometers. Well, nanoparticles are small on that scale, and you ever heard of Terminator, right? all these robots making stuff and are making those metal robots that like come out of goo. They're basically made out of nanoparticles, very small particles that are so small. They can like do anything on a specialized level because they're a small, I don't know. I think cells are smaller or smaller than a cell. Well, cells are pretty small too. Yeah, nanoparticles are smaller than cells, I think, yeah. Okay, smaller than cells. So basically, there's a lot of infections that can go on across the world. And there's this thing called MTB, which is, uh, let me get the pronunciation of this right, uh, myobacterial infections, MTB. And it's basically like a form of tuberculosis. And that's still a challenge for like uh, global health today. What these nanoparticles will go in and do, they will cause hydrophobic and hydrophilic interactions to occur, right? And they know that where infections occur inside of any organism, a body, 
there couldn't be granules. There couldn't be clutches or not clutches, but just bunches of just organic matter together where the infection is occurring so that it could actually grow. And what the nanoparticles were going and do is cause hydrophobic and hydrophilic interactions to separate it, to separate that granulum uh, from the actual organic host. So that something else can come, another nanoparticle can come that's part of the same set of nanoparticles to destroy it or at least immobilize it, you know? <laughs> and this is really helpful for safety because tuberculosis is still a problem today. We still, I know we still vaccinate people at my uh, uh, CVS pharmacy for tuberculosis, Tdap, Tdap. Everyone needs a Tdap uh, vaccination, sports or whatever. So in the future, we might be talking about nanoparticle like more often, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. I think nanoparticles, you can imagine them as uh, mini robots, I guess, right? They can do the work. <laughs> that's the fun way. That's the fun way I think of them. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay, well, my next question for you. Where do you see the nanoparticles going in the next five years? Uh, I think if there's not a direct site of application for nanoparticles, I think more, a lot more research will still be taken on. But there's a lot of potential, I'll say, industrial uses for nanoparticles, you know? Uh, nanoparticles, I don't know, there's this thing I read about xenobots, and they can mimic life. And this was years ago, right? And there's this Colombian, uh, Colombian or some sort of Ivy League-like school in the East that made these living, they call it living robots mm-hmm. and nanoparticles. And basically what it is, there are nanoparticles within actual cells and those nanoparticles are controlling the cells, environment and stuff like that. And you can control this from like a computer, you know, that's controlling the cells. And there are all these amazing things going on, but unless we don't have industrialization or as much as we can like, uh, I don't know, just say industrial world is like harming the world and everything. As much as we don't have commercialization of this, it won't go further, you know? All it'll be is research, another research article. And that's good, that's really helpful. But without any direct application of nanoparticles, I'll, I'll say we're just like, oh, it's another cool thing. Okay, yeah, well, that's cool, nanoparticles, I think. Nanoparticles could be the next generation for science because, you know, we have been stuck with just DNA, RNA, proteins for a long time. Because, I mean, nanoparticles can come and make things easier because it, it's easy to work with things that we invent rather than things that already exist. So, yeah. Proteins are pretty tough, man. And RNA. Yeah. You ever try to do immunofluorescence for a very hard protein, like an antigen? See, I barely know what those words mean. I know what they mean, but it's still pretty complicated. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what's, let's go into a bit of a, do you want to end this with a bit of a philosophical side? Yeah. yeah. What, I have what is our, mm hmm. Now, this is going to be not related to science, but I, I was just uh, watching this video on YouTube today morning. 
And this is from uh, a TV show. I think it's called, it's called Mad Men, if you guys are familiar with it. It's a, it's a TV show from like 2006. In, in I'm lead, familiar with it. Yeah, the lead is called Don Draper. And his quote is, uh, we are born alone and we die alone. And this world puts a bunch of rules on top of it. A bunch of what on top of it? Rules. Oh, okay, okay. And that sounds like thing. a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's pretty deep. Okay. Yeah. Mad Men. Why does that remind me of like some some AMC show? It is probably AMC. Talk- yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is it like set in like the 1980s or 1970s? Yeah, 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Relating that back to science and biotechnology startups, I was looking up something about Grinko works or something like that. And they're basically looking for funding to do some pretty cool things with nanoparticle like things and i think you know bill gates uh he recently or years ago put out 700 million dollars for research into how we can turn poop into energy right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and basically so the toilet doesn't have to be used because the fact of matter is that like not everywhere can afford a sewer system you know think about how much work it takes to make a toilet and then go into like have a sewer system and 50 startups like Grinko, if they can get like some of that money you know they'll they'll be set they'll be set and mm-hmm. i think we really need a i don't know we definitely need to invest we, we need to invest in our future but i think the fear is that we invest in these companies and they go and use the money lavishly on god knows what you know like we already know nonprofits are a struggle that are doing humanitarian work. How about research work? Uh, who's like regulating and be like, hey, how much money are you using for this? But hey. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing about science startups. It's hard to raise funding because the business people don't get it. And they don't see the future because it takes a lot, a lot of time to do research. I think, but like the Ginkgo BioRigs, I think they are a unicorn startup, which means they're a billion dollar in value. So they're pretty big. So hopefully they can lead the way into the future. In the future. All right. It could be tomorrow. Well, (laughs) okay. Oh my God. (laughs) Depending on any comments, that might be the ending. Of the podcast, that might be the sound, you know, like those sound effects there. <laughs> 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 the, the Discord call music. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we don't get copyright calls from Discord. Well, <laughs> if we do get copyrighted, I feel like we're making a name for ourselves. And <laughs> yeah, publicity is publicity. Yeah, there's no bad publicity. Well, um. Mm, yeah, let's say that for now. Let's say that for now. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, 
I think it's a great talk. We talked a lot in, I think, 20 to 30 minutes. Yep, yeah. So I think that's all. Yeah. And I'm just going to wrap this up and be like, thank you guys for listening to us, you know? Whether you're biking or walking, you're doing homework or you're working. Thank you for taking time to listen to us. Uh, yeah. Let me know what you think on whatever platforms we might upload on this onto. And what are you interested in? You know, it has to do with science or what you dislike about science. Yeah. All right. Take care. Peace and love to all of you and justice. I'm Matthew and. And Sayuj. Nice meeting you all. Bye. All right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.